0: Hello and welcome back to some real news for once with Carson Robinson. A lot has happened this past week. So let's look at it. There's a lot going on. First of all, the whole thing with the house and then of course. So yes, let's talk about the first thing. Well, in our last episode, we talked about how London had gone through a big lockdown. Well, that's in part due to this new variant of COVID-19, which is stronger and more powerful, more deadly. And vaccine makers are trying to cope with people's fears over that by saying they're going to add the vaccine a little bit to do that. Fix it. Or they're just going to keep it going the way it is and assume it's going to work. Either is possible. But, yes, let's look at this. Uh, Okay, let's get back in. So... There's over $900 billion in pandemic aid that is in limbo because uh, the House Democrats tried and failed on Thursday to more than triple the size of relief checks and then adjourn the House till Monday when they will try again. President Trump's implicit threat on Tuesday... To reject the relief compromise that overwhelmingly passed in both chambers of the place like the House and the Senate. Unless lawmakers agreed to raise the bill's $600 direct payment checks to 2000 has continued to really mess up Congress because they're already trying to deal with a economic recovery that's not doing so well in some places it's doing great but other places it's just not doing well because we're in the midst of a pandemic and yeah and then trump just went to his mar-a-lago home and that brings me to my next point mar-a-lago president trump's neighbors in mar-a-lago decided We don't want you around here, Donald. And the reason is, they say that in 1991, because of some court case, a lawyer said that President Trump, well, back then, Mr. Trump, would never live in Mar-a-Lago. So he forfeited this deal, supposedly, so he shouldn't be able to go back on it. But, as we all know, listening to president trump what he says is the worst idea ever because the man is as good at hot potato on words as Djokovic is as good as in tennis so really that shows us something he's ranked one in the world in tennis so that's nice but really you should never listen to what Trump says. I mean, he really goes back on what he says all the time. Just everywhere. So many examples. I can't state them all. So, this is just really dysfunctional and reminds me of a dysfunctional family. And it just really annoys me because people need this money. And originally, Mitch McConnell was holding it back. And we were saying, the Mitch who stole Christmas. But instead, I'm going to stay." The, the Trump who stole Christmas. And he's going to do this for so many. Because so many people don't have the ability to do so many things. First of all, the price of Christmas trees has risen 50%. The amount of cookies price has risen by 50%. So much has risen by 50%. Which is just so hard. Because some families don't have enough money to support themselves during this christmas time not even buy gifts which is the problem because if they have kids these kids are just going to be probably sad but they'll understand that their parents are not doing well and well kids need to have a nice childish life where they believe in santa and yeah and then well yeah and of course let's keep going and of course as you know tomorrow we will have our official story Actually, we're going to do it now. So the story is 2020 in Politics, Christmas edition. Let's go. And I will be getting out my Grinch book after the break. But first, some more information on COVID-19. Back in it. So millions of Americans, like I said, are not going to get this relief. On Thursday the government publishing office or GPO finished physically printing the nearly 5600 page package and congressional leaders signed it before it was flown to Florida by the White House for Trump's signature but the president does if the president does nothing the legislature the legislation and the relief it's carrying will die or disappear on January 3rd with the end of the 116th, 116th Congress. Government funding, extended unemployment benefits and continued eviction will continue. Sorry, unemployment benefits and government funding will have lapsed and evictions will continue even republicans want this bill to be signed but trump will not he will not do this which is just evil why would you do this and of course the hangover that we call brexit is well coming to a close let's talk about it a little bit so Britain and the European Union have struck a hard-fought trade agreement on Thursday that settled this complete hangover that has been happening and setting the terms for post-Brexit future as close neighbors living apart, kind of like what's going on with COVID. The deal has to be ratified by all the European parliaments in the EU and Britain, of course. They came together in Brussels after eleven months of the negotiations that were basically going nowhere. And they just worked together and there was some problems over fishing rights, but they finally did it. And it leaves but it leaves a lot of the relationship between Britain and the EU to be determined tbd and that's the weird thing they just have to be worked out later it will not prevent some disruption to trade across the english channel since british exports will be subject will still be subject to some border checks and added costs for companies and causing potential delay support that's annoying but it's a great thing finally And it has a almost blueprint for how the two countries will coexist after severing deep ties for the last, that have been around for the last 47 years. So, yeah, 47 years. They've been around together, working together for 47 years. But this whole thing where a failure to come to terms would have basically destroyed their relationship and messed it all up. But. They did it, yay. It's really, um, Boris Johnson really did this whole idea and continued it because of anti-American fever and a belief that independent Britain would be better in this new world of ours. And it became, for a while, just this really crazy, horrible idea how to unravel more than 40 years of ties without creating the world's largest chaotic event. But people like Trump run Boris' side because they both are crazy and believe in similar things, anti-immigration. They hate anyone who's illegal immigrants, even if they have... Like, they have to be here, otherwise they'll literally die. Also, there's this really funny story. (laughs) So, um... So, what happened was this... Let's explain it. So, shortly after the election, the Trump campaign... Circulated on their accounts as well as its website, the names of several of seven dead Americans in the battleground states of Georgia and Pennsylvania. The dead people were supposedly used to cast votes in the last month's election. The campaign claimed, pointing to the incidents as well as evidence of widespread voter fraud that enabled President elect. Joe Biden's victory. And local officials have debunked several of the dead voter claims and there remains no evidence of widespread voter fraud because of the 20, uh, in connection with the 2020 election. But now Pennsylvania officials say one of the names held up by the Trump campaign was used to cast a vote in the election. Here's the catch. Authorities say the vote was cast for Mr. Trump. This week, Jack Staploffer, the district attorney of the Delaware County, accused Briss Bartman of Marple Township, Pennsylvania, of illegally voting in the place of his deceased mother in the general election. In addition to his mother, Mr. Bartman registered his mother in law, Elizabeth Wineham, who died in 2019, as a voter according to the district attorney's office but he's not accused for voting for her he also he also cast a ballot in his own name elizabeth barman of dressick's hill pennsylvania this is the trump tweet registered to vote in 2020 and cast a ballot in the last week's election here's the problem elizabeth passed away 12 years ago In 2008. Sadly, Elizabeth has become a victim of voter fraud. This is whole link he has. This is the only case, though, of dead people voting. So, yeah. Which is interesting. It does talk about Trump's claim and says, oh, well, it's kind of true, but actually he was wrong. But let's look at COVID-19 now. Well, there's a lot going on with COVID. So first of all, the hotspots are Tennessee, Alabama, Utah, California, Rhode Island, Nevada, Arizona, Arkansas, Kansas, Oklahoma, Indiana, and Ohio. Now let's look at vaccines. And let's get into it. So there's these things. So 1% above or These states' populations have gotten the vaccine, and that is North Dakota, Alaska, and West Virginia. Then 0.521% is in states South Dakota, Nebraska, Colorado, New Mexico, Montana, Oklahoma, Illinois, Vermont, Massachusetts, Rhode Island. And like I said, Vermont, sorry, Maine, Maine, not Vermont, Maine and Vermont. So then there's a couple that are 0.2% to 0.5, which are Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Wyoming, Nevada, Utah, Iowa, MO, which is... uh, Minnesota and then see Arkansas Louisiana Texas Alabama Georgia Florida South Carolina North Carolina Kentucky Tennessee Indiana Michigan see Vermont Pennsylvania New Jersey Delaware Um, New York, Connecticut, and New Hampshire. So, those are people. And then finally, there are states that have only 0.2 to 0%, which are California, Arizona, Kansas, Minnesota. Sorry, the M.O. is Missouri. Sorry, that was Missouri, not Minnesota. Minnesota has 0.2 or less. Wisconsin... Ohio and Mississippi, also Maryland, so let's look at some random state uh Kansas in Kansas, six hundred people vaccinated at a hospital in Topeka, Kansas, but they haven't responded in how many doses had been administered. Governor Kelly mm-hmm, let's look at vaccinations. Worldwide. In France. Let's look at France. Sorry. Wrong one. Health. So. We already talked about vaccines in our last episode. But that's it. And that's it for part one. When we get back. It is. The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, but 2020 edition. Have a nice day. See you when we get back. So, I'm just going to give you a little information. So, instead of doing the whole thing where we're going to actually do the Grinch, we're going to do Twas the Night Before Christmas. So, let's get right into it. Twas the Night Before Christmas, 2020 edition. Twas the night before Inauguration Day went all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The Biden-Harris bags were hung by the hall with care in hopes that Biden would soon be there and by there i mean the inauguration area and they get of course biden harris merch when probably he throws biden harris merch or something like a t-shirt cannon the children were all nestled and snug in their beds while visions of medicare for all danced in their heads and mama and her kerchief and i and my hat had just settled our brains for a long winter nap When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang for bed to see what was the matter. Away from the window, it tore like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to the objects below, and what to my wondering eyes should appear but a weird-looking car and eight drivers. And a little old conductor, so lively and quick, I knew for a moment it would be Biden. More rapid than eagles, his courses they came, and he whistled and shouted them and called them by name. Now Harris, now Obama, now Obama and Buttigieg. On Warren, on Sanders, on Presley, and on Klobuchar. To the top of the porch and to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all, as the dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet an obstacle, mount to the sky, onto the housetop The coursers they flew, with a sleigh full of merch and Biden too, and then in a the twinkling I heard on the roof, the sound of wheels turning and clicking in place. As I drew my head, and I was turning around, down the chimney, Biden came with a bound. He was dressed in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ash and soot. A bundle of merch he had flung on his back, he looked like a peddler, just opening his sack. His eyes how they twinkled, his dimples how merry, his cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His draw little mouth was drawn up in a bow, and the beard. Down the chimney, Harris came in a bound. She was dressed in merch from her head to her foot, and her clothes were all tarnished with ash and soot. A bundle of merch she had flung on her back, and she looked like a peddler, just opening her sack. Her eyes, how they twinkled! Her dimples, how merry! Her cheeks were like roses, her nose like a cherry. Her little mouth was drawn open a bow, and the hair on her head was as brown as, well, bark on a tree. The She had long hair, and... Shook when she laughed like sand in the wind. She was tall and smart, a right young elf, and I laughed, and I laughed. And when I laughed, when I saw her, in spite of myself, in a wink of her eye and a twist of her head, soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. She spoke not a word, went straight to her work, filling all the bags, and then turned with a jerk, and laid a finger on the side of her nose, giving a nod, and up the chimney she rose. She sprang onto the bus and sat in her seat, and away they all flew in the down of a thistle. And I heard her her and Biden exclaim as they flew out of sight, Happy Inauguration to all, and to all a safe night. Thank you so much, everyone. This show is produced by me, Carson Robinson, and the whole team. The idea for T'was the Night Before Inauguration Day was created in conjunction with me and Lan. So we'll see you on Saturday with our last episode for this week. Goodbye.